0: Okay, we're continuing together our study in our book from the Garden of Eden to the glory of Heaven, and we are in chapter seven dealing with the uh, fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant under the New Covenant. Now we said that the Abrahamic covenant had three promises. Uh, God promised to Abraham a seed, God promised Abraham a land, and God promised Abraham a blessing that God would bless him, and that he would then turn around and be a blessing, to the whole earth, all right? So we saw that the Abrahamic covenant <clears throat> was then fulfilled under two covenants that flowed out of the Abrahamic covenant, the old covenant and the new covenant. And we saw that the old covenant was made with Abraham's physical seed. And we see that the new covenant is made with Abraham's spiritual seed. And so thus <clears throat> the fulfillment of those two covenants Uh, pardon me, the fulfillment of that covenant under those two covenants is going to be distinctly different in its nature. Uh, If if the Abrahamic covenant is fulfilled under the old covenant that's made with the physical seed of Abraham, we would expect physical fulfillments. And in fact, that's what we find. The seed was, of course, uh, Isaac and uh, his people. And uh, then, of course, the land was Palestine which Joshua conquered and and, uh, took over. And the blessing was uh, to Abraham personally. Uh, He was saved. He had a wife. He had wealth. He had power. He had children. And then, of course, through him, Israel was blessed. She had protection in Egypt, deliverance out of Egypt, sustaining in the wilderness, victory in conquering the promised land, tremendous material prosperity there, and to her was sent all of the prophets so the scriptures were given to israel so these were the fulfillment of the abrahamic promises in a physical way to a physical people underneath the old covenant now chapter 7 deals with the fulfillment of the abrahamic covenant with abraham's spiritual seed under the new covenant and thus we would expect a spiritual fulfillment uh, of the terms the three promises the abrahamic covenant And that is what we have seen thus far. As we've looked at the new covenant fulfillment of the promise of the seed, we see that the seed of Abraham is Jesus and the people who are born of Jesus Christ, namely those who are born again, and who are the seed of Abraham, not by virtue of natural descent necessarily, but who are the people of Abraham by virtue of of spiritual descent in that They all share Abraham's circumcised heart and they all share Abraham's faith in God's promised seed, who is, of course, the Messiah. And so we saw in Galatians 3 and verse 29, and if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And so Jesus is the seed and we are the seed, those of us who share the faith of Abraham We are the spiritual children of Abraham and thus the spiritual seed of Abraham. And so then we saw last time the uh, fulfillment of the land and we saw that ultimately that the land uh, could not be Palestine in the ultimate sense, though it certainly was in the temporal sense, uh, simply because Israel did not retain the land as an everlasting possession What happened is that um, they lost the land, they gained the land, they lost the land, they gained the land, and ultimately, of course, they all lost it when they died and did not retain it as an everlasting possession. And so we see then that under the new covenant that the promise of the land... Uh, is the new heavens and the new earth which we will have for an everlasting possession which will never be lost to us and which we will never lose by virtue of dying and, and going elsewhere and not having it. So we saw then uh, in our memory verse today that Abraham understood this because Abraham, did he ever possess the land? He never did. Okay, And then he died and he left. <laughs> never came back. And so consequently, uh, he understood that the land of Palestine couldn't be the fulfillment. And so we read in Hebrews 11 and verse 16, but now he desired a better country that is a heavenly, wherefore God was not ashamed to be called his God, uh, for he hath prepared for him a city. And that city and that country is the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem, which we saw last time. Now, today we want to look at Uh, Some new material which uh, involves looking at how the Abrahamic covenant was fulfilled under the new covenant with reference to the third promise in the Abrahamic covenant. And that's the promise that um, God would bless uh, Abraham and his children and that they then in turn would be a blessing to others. And so the new covenant fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant's promise of blessing is the bestowal of the chief and the great blessing, which is salvation. Now, the blessing that God gave to uh, old covenant Israel were things like um, uh, protection in Egypt and deliverance from slavery, sustaining in the wilderness their military victories, their material prosperity, uh, and especially their possession of the scriptures. And so this is how uh, Abraham was a blessing in particular to to Israel and to the whole world in that through Abraham uh, came the scriptures, and thus uh, he blessed the whole earth with uh, the Word of God that came through through him. But the blessing we now have under the New covenant, Uh, is the blessing of salvation. So turn please in your Bibles to uh, Galatians chapter 3, the book of Galatians, the third chapter. If the chief blessing that came under the Abrahamic covenant was the scriptures, namely the word of God, then the chief blessing that comes into the new covenant is Christ, namely the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we see, uh, certainly, that there were parallel uh, fulfillments there. But Galatians chapter 3. Now, <clears throat> we'll start reading at verse um, 6. <clears throat> it says in Galatians three six. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Now here's our two verses, verses 8 and 9. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, that is the Gentiles, through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So what we have here, uh, Paul is, is clearly telling us in Galatians 3, uh, verses 6-9, through 9, that the chief blessing of the Abrahamic covenant is the gospel of salvation through faith in God's promised seed, namely the Messiah. And so, uh, when, when, when God was saying to Abraham, uh, I will bless thee, and I will uh, be a blessing through thee, and all nations of the earth will be blessed through thee, um, the blessing that he had in mind was salvation. Because you remember back in Genesis chapter, well, let's turn there. Let's turn to uh, Genesis chapter 12, and then we'll look at Genesis 17. In Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3, It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. There's the promise of the land, right? And I will make of thee a great nation. There's the promise of the seed, right? He's going to make of Abraham a great nation. He's got to have kids. It says, And I will bless thee, and make thy name great. That's the blessing that's going to be put on Abraham. And thou shall be a blessing. Blessing is going to come through Abraham. So these three great promises of the Abrahamic covenant are all stated right up front. When God first enters into covenant with Abraham. He promises the land. He promises him a seed. And he promises to bless him. And that he would be a blessing. Okay. Now the blessing that God had promised to Abraham the chief blessing is is recorded in Genesis 17. And we looked at this Genesis 17:7. 7. In fact, we memorized this verse, Genesis 17:7, 7. and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant. Now here's the chief blessing, to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. So we have the land, and that's wonderful, and we have the seed, and that's wonderful. But what's really wonderful is the blessing. And the blessing is that God would be a God to us and to them. And so, how is God a God to them? Well, he saves them, right? And what do we see under the new covenant? Under the new covenant, it says that they all know the Lord, from the least of them to the greatest of them, and their sins and their iniquities, he remembers no more. And so, the chief blessing of the new covenant is salvation. And the chief blessing of the old covenant was salvation in that God saved Abraham and said to him that at the very core of this blessing that I'm giving you is something more than just material and external and physical things and of course he gave Abraham a lot of that right Abraham was very rich he was richer than any of the people uh, of that day Um, and so he gave him certainly material blessings and he gave Israel material blessings but what we see is the chief and the central blessing of the Abrahamic covenant is that God would be our God, that he would, in fact, have a saving personal relationship with us. Now, turn back to Galatians 3. Galatians chapter 3. And notice verse 8. And the scripture... For seeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, that is the Gentiles, that's us, the spiritual seed, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. So clearly what Paul is saying is that the chief blessing of the Abrahamic covenant was the gospel. It was salvation through faith. So when we read in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2, That I will bless thee and thou shalt be a blessing. What is that blessing? Well, ultimately, it was salvation, it was the gospel, it was justification by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, notice, if you will, uh, same chapter, Galatians 3, and notice verses 13 and 14. It says in verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Now let me stop there for a second. What is that? That's salvation, isn't it? Would we say that redemption from the curse of the law, by the substitutionary atonement of Christ, is that salvation? That's pretty clear, isn't it? Okay, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, "Curses is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And why did all this happen? verse 14 in order that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. So Jesus being made a curse for us and dying on the cross in our place and our reception of the promise of the spirit who regenerates us and draws us and um, and saves us by his operation in us all of that is what the blessing of Abraham verse 14 so why do you have salvation why did Jesus die on the cross for you and why did the spirit come and work in your heart and draw you and regenerate you and indwell you it was all the result of the promise that God made to Abraham when he said I will bless you and you see, in that little phrase, I will bless you, it was pregnant with f- blessings we couldn't even imagine. And it brought forth the wonder of salvation. So when we go back and we read Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2, and I will bless thee and thou shalt be a blessing. In that little phrase, I will bless thee, is The substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ being made a curse for us and the gift of the Spirit to call us and to regenerate us and to indwell us. And Paul specifically says all of that is the blessing of Abraham. So the only reason why you have salvation is because the promise God made to Abraham in Genesis 12 and verse 2. That's it. You know, as, as Christians, we um, probably have never thought of ourselves as being very much interested in or concerned about the Abrahamic covenant. But we have to understand that out of that covenant comes everything we possess. Out of that covenant comes the possibility of us being born of Christ and being the seed of Abraham. Out of it comes the promise of the new heavens and the new earth. And out of it comes the substitutionary atonement of Christ and salvation and the gift of the Holy Spirit. All of those things, it says, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on us. Verse 8, and the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So, verse 8, what's he talking about? The blessings. What does it contain? The gospel. Verse 14, he's talking about the blessing of Abraham. What does it contain? Redemption from the curse of the law and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the point is, if you have the gospel, if you have redemption from the curse of the law, and if you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's all the result of having the blessing of Abraham. Now let's turn to Acts chapter 3. And now you'll see why I picked our memory verse that I did today. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John heal this lame man. And there's um, a big scene. big crowd gathers. And so Peter starts preaching the gospel. And notice... Um, he says in verse, seven, in verse 19, he says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. That's speaking of the second coming of Christ. And he shall send, he shall send, notice, Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heavens must receive until the times of the restitution of all things. Everything's going to be restored back to its Edenic, purity, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, and here's a quote from from Deuteronomy 18, Moses says, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say to you. So Moses is prophesying of Christ being raised up. Verse 23, it shall come to pass that every soul that will not hear that prophet, that will not hear Jesus Christ, shall be destroyed from among the people. So every Jew that didn't receive Christ as Savior was broken off out of the Abrahamic covenant and any of the blessings that flowed from it and is now completely outside of a covenant relationship with God. Romans 11. Verse 24. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Now here's our our two verses that I want you to focus on. You, speaking to the Jews that are there, you are the children of the prophets, and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and I want you to notice something, people is that as you read through the New Testament, the biblical authors are always going back and grabbing a hold of the covenant. And they're always expounding the covenant, and they're always applying the covenant. And that's why we need to understand the covenants. Otherwise, we don't understand our Bibles, because the Bible is a book of covenants. And... It is the covenants that form the whole framework of the Bible and are the basis upon which everything in it is explained. So this is really, really important to understand. The covenants is as important to biblical theology as understanding the skeleton is to physical anatomy. If you don't get the skeleton right, you don't get anything right because it's the central organizing principle of the whole body. Everything hangs on it. Everything's organized by it. Everything has reference to it. And so it is with the covenants, all right? Now, with that little aside, notice verse 25. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all kindreds of the earth be blessed. So once again, he grabs the subject of the blessing. And what does he say the blessing is? Verse 26. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you. And what is the blessing? Health, wealth, material prosperity? Is that what it is? No. It's in turning every one of you from his iniquities. That's the blessing of the Abrahamic covenant. That you would be turned away from your iniquities. So we see the prophets grabbing the Abrahamic covenant and applying it to Jesus, his people, what he's accomplished and what he's provided for them and saying that all we have under the new covenant is simply a fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. So the new covenant just didn't burst on the scene all by itself unrelated to anything that went before it. Okay, It was the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. So, clearly, salvation is the ultimate blessing of the Abrahamic covenant. Salvation is the blessing promised to Abraham's seed, and justification by faith alone, in Christ alone, is the very centerpiece of that blessing. We are justified in God's sight only on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done, not on the basis of what we have done. And even our faith in Christ itself has no merit. It's simply our expression of our need to be cleansed by the saving work of Christ alone. Now, uh, we have, I think, established in no uncertain terms from Galatians chapter 3, uh, verses 7 and 8, in Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, and Acts chapter 3, verses 25 and 26, that the blessing of the Abrahamic covenant is salvation. Amen. And all that was necessary to provide it. Now, I want you to notice that contained in that salvation is a bunch of blessings as well. So turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Now, because you haven't been accustomed to engaging in what I call covenant think, you miss a lot of stuff when you read your Bibles. Now, notice Ephesians 1 and verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That's covenantally loaded language. Blessing, blessing, heavenly blessings. Blessings. Now, see, when a Jew read that and he read blessing, instantly he would think Abrahamic covenant, third dimension, third element. You know, the seed, the land, and the blessing. When he ran across the word blessing, instantly he goes to the Abrahamic covenant. Here's the blessing of the Abrahamic covenant. But see, if we're not accustomed to be thinking that, we just think, oh, blessings. You don't have one single blessing that didn't come to you from the third promise of the Abrahamic covenant. Everyone came through that. So when you run across the word blessing, realize where the blessings came from and the channel that they were delivered through. All right? So he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, and now he begins to tell us what those are. And <clears throat> I want you to notice the, the vast number of blessings that have been given to us uh, in this passage. He says, first blessing, verse 4, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. What's the first blessing? Divine sovereign election, right? And then he's chosen us, what? That we should be holy and without blame before him. And so the second blessing is not only divine sovereign election, but divine sovereign election to complete deliverance from sin in our person and practice. Thirdly, in love, having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And so what's the next blessing? God loved us. What's the next blessing? He adopted us. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. We're accepted. That's that's another blessing. And then here's the next one. Verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now, you remember back in Galatians, it says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And that was one of the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant right? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham might come on us through Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, okay? So what he's doing here is he's just enumerating the blessings that come out of the Abrahamic covenant, okay? And we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So that's the next blessing we have, is forgiveness of sins, So we have divine sovereign election. We have personal sanctification. We'll be holy and without blame before Him. Uh, We have God's love in love, having predestinated to us. We have adoption. Okay. Uh, We have acceptance. We have redemption. We have forgiveness. Verse 8, wherein He has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, the divine wisdom. And, and, and sober judgment has been applied to our lives and situations. There's revelation, verse 9, "...having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he's purposed in himself. We're not left in the dark. We, we know his will." Verse 10, here's eschatological blessing, "...that in the dispensation of the fullness of times," that's the second coming of Jesus, "...he might gather together in one all things in Christ." which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Jesus is coming back. He's going to gather us all together, and everything's going to be perfectly unified in him. Verse 11, in whom also we've obtained an inheritance. There's another blessing. We've gotten an inheritance. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him works all things after the counsel of his will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. So he wrought in our hearts by the Spirit to enable us to believe. Verse 13, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth. There is a blessing. God brought us the gospel, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, the sealing of the Spirit. There is another heavenly blessing. Verse 14, which is the earnest or the down payment, the guarantee. The wedding ring is actually what it means of our inheritance, the engagement ring. Uh, Until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. Now that's a phenomenal list, okay? And so when God said to Abraham, I will bless you, these are the blessings right here that God determined to pour out on Abraham and on us. And so the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant under the new covenant is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. They're heavenly blessings. They're not material blessings, right? You know, it's not land and, you know, crops and, you know, big piles of gold and military strength and all those things like he gave them under the old covenant. These are all spiritual blessings, heavenly blessings. And that goes along with our memory verse, right? Um, Abraham desired uh, a better country. That is a heavenly... And so, it's a heavenly country, it's heavenly blessings, it's a heavenly seed. And I just have to say at this point, that's why the Pado baptists are so wrong, because they're still trying to go with the material seed. When the material seed is no longer how God is working under the New Covenant, that's how he worked under the Old Covenant, because it was a It was a material fulfillment with a material seed, and now it's a spiritual fulfillment with a spiritual seed. And those who are born again, spiritual infants, those are the ones that we baptize. So, this then, these then are are the blessings that um, God has given to us. Now, in addition to being blessed, we, like Abraham, then turn around and are a blessing to others. Remember God said to Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. And we have seen how Abraham was a blessing to others, and the chief blessing that he was to others is that through him, uh, the prophets and the revelation and the word of God were given. Well, in the same way, through us, the prophets and the revelation and the word of God are given when we preach the gospel. So, we're blessed in receiving the gospel. We become a blessing when we preach the gospel to others. Okay? So, God says, I will bless thee, and thou shalt be a blessing, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And we bless others when we bring the blessing of salvation to them. Now, let's turn to Psalm 67, and we'll quit here for today since we're out of time. Book of Psalms, the 67th Psalm. We'll look at verses 1 to 3. Psalm 67, 1. God be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us, Selah that thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God, let all the people praise thee. Now notice verse 1, it says, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause your face to shine upon us. Now that's asking something for me. God, I want your blessing for me. Verse 1. Why? Why? Verse 2, So that thy way may be known throughout the earth, and thy salvation among all nations. And so what does God do in the Abrahamic covenant? He comes and he blesses us. Why? Just so we can keep that blessing all to ourselves? No, so that we can turn around and take that blessing and pass it on to everyone else. And so, when we look at God saying to Abraham, I will bless thee. There's no period there. He says, and thou shalt be a blessing. And what I want to say to you this morning, is that every blessing God has given to you, you have a responsibility to pass it on to someone else. Amen. Has God given you salvation? Then pass it on. Because you weren't meant just to be blessed, period, stop. You were meant to be blessed so that you could be a blessing. So don't hoard it. Don't hide it. Set your candle on a lampstand and spread it. That's the responsibility of the Abrahamic covenant. You've been made the seed. You've been given the land. You've been provided with blessing. Spread it to others. Don't just keep it for yourself. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the blessing of the Abrahamic covenant Uh, father therein lies our salvation and our savior father thank you so much for him and Lord we pray that you would help us to not only understand the degree of blessing that we enjoy but help us to be a blessing to all of those around us father we pray as we proceed through our study that we would better understand the covenantal structure of the Bible and the blessings that come to us through it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.